What's up, Spellslingers? My name is Gary and John Wells. I'm Drew Flitton. And I'm Corey Janabagi. And this is Untap Upkeep Drink. Beer up. Welcome back, guys. My name is Gary and John Wells. I'm joined, as always, with Drew Flitton and Corey Janabagian. And we've got a special guest today. What's going on, guys? What's up, guys? We're back with a new episode. Today, we're going to be talking about new perspectives, what it's like to be a new player. And with that in mind, Corey, you brought a guest on. Yeah, so I brought my friend Terrence. Your young Padawan. My young Padawan, as it were, who's quickly surpassing the master. Oh, God. Yeah. He is one of my best friends, and he's just, he's been playing for a couple months now. But he's immediately as good as all of us. Significantly better than yeah, I he's, ever was. Yeah, he's a quick learner. And even though he's only been playing for a month or a couple months, he's made some decks. He's gone to some pre-releases. And so we're just here to ask him about it and see if he has any questions, stuff he wishes he knew when he was starting out, stuff like that. It's yeah. been a while since any of us have you know been a beginner player. So yeah. it's nice to get a new perspective in. And figure out really what it's like to be that player. All right, so we got Terrence over here. What's up? How you doing? Um, I've been. My name's Terrence. Been playing Magic for about five months or so. Yeah, I started teaching. It was right. I think it was like right after Christmas. We had a bunch of downtime. We were wondering was about it? that before the show when exactly it was. No, it was actually before Christmas. Was it, before it, Christmas? it was like two weeks before Christmas. Okay. It's all a blur. <laughs> yeah, significantly better than I was for the first significantly three years. Better of than Magic. all of us. <laughs> yeah. In our first year. Well, before we get into the details, let's crack some beers. Let's get to the beers. Forget Terrence. Let's get to the good stuff. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and have you open mine first here, if you would. Today, I'm going to be drinking the Founders Porter. <laughs> Brewed for us. Brewed for us cap. right under the cap. Yep. So the descriptor right you on the front. And me. Dark, rich, and sexy. Mm. All the things I wish I was. <laughs> mm. Same. Holy shit. It really is. Oh. The head is brown. That's a pretty fucking beer. That doesn't look healthy, though. <laughs> That's some what are you chocolate. talking about? That looks delicious. It looks good. It 850 look calories, right yeah. Good? Bad? Okay? It's really good. I'm pretty sure Drew's going to dig it. I'll be the judge of that. Which one's that one? It's got that little little dark bitter of coffee. Super sweet. Very malty. A little bit salty. Hand it over. Sorry, it's good. It's tasty. Pass it okay, around. what is? So, what's the brewery? Founders. Founders. Have we had anything from yes. them before? I believe we had one beer from Founders. Um, I believe Gary and I actually brought it, and I think that was the episode that Gary and I traded beers. Oh God, that was a weird episode. That was a good fucking beer. It was <laughs> we, a weird episode. We both yeah, knew what we wanted, and we both found out we didn't. We right. traded them off. But that is a nice, nice beer. Kind of got this roasted malt, just super strong roasted, kind of, kind of almost smoky. Uh, got nice chocolatey vibe to it. Uh, it definitely has. I don't know if it's quite coffee esque, but there's a, a bitterness to it for sure. I definitely taste a lot of coffee and a lot of chocolate. Are you picking up the slight like saltiness? I'm not getting any saltiness, but this is a really really mellow dark beer. Yeah, it real like smooth. It's, yeah, yeah, it's incredibly it's, smooth. Yeah, Darren's are probably gonna hate it. Yeah, to kind of reiterate what Corey's talking there, Terrence, you're not exactly a beer guy. 
No, no, I'm not. I don't like it that at all. Face, In fact, the first thing I ever saw you two drinking when I met Terrence the first time was just tequila and lime juice. Just straight <laughs> out the... Great. <laughs> I don't think it was. I think it was just rum. It was probably me drinking tequila. Yeah. And everyone else judging me. Mm. All right. Corey, we just cracked open a beer for Terrence here. Terrence, go for it. That one isn't bad. I like that. It like it it like starts off sweet and then it gets bitter and then it just goes away. It's not bad. Probably one of the best ones you've given me. Would you drink that? Oh yeah, on its own. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Okay, that's a pretty good sign. Nice. Somebody who doesn't like beer. It's a twenty-four karat golden ale from Two Row Brewing. Cheers to your booty. <laughs> Raise a glass and set sail to find your treasure, whether it be riches, adventure, health, or happiness. Cheers to finding it. I was told there was a pirate beard. Now I understand Hell the reference. Yeah. There's the pirate <laughs> I beard. I only drink pirate rum and pirate beer. <laughs> um, what's the ABV on that? I'm looking at Garyans here, and we've got 6.5% on the porter. 5.7? Oh, that's pretty high for a, a golden ale. Okay, I'm going in. Especially in this area. It's pretty good. How's that booty? It's a little hoppy, which is what that bitterness is. I was going to say, when he said bitter, I wondered. Yeah, it is, it is pretty sweet. He's right. There's like a really just kind of like faint sweetness to it that kind of gets stronger even as the hops comes in. Yeah. Got a nice kind of mix between the two, but the hops is definitely what you finish with. Oh, yeah. And actually, it's one of those beers that like feels like it dries my mouth out a little it's, bit. It's, it's not like weird. that like refreshing that I'd expect out of a more hoppy beer, but... Yeah, it's weird. It's got the bitterness of the hops, but not like the crispness of yeah. the hops. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's a nice golden yellow color. Oh, it's a it's a pretty it's, beer. It's good. Oh, I don't yeah. mind it. It's definitely a sipping beer. Sipping summer beer. Okay, Drew, you're drinking Beer one three. that I was eyeballing and I picked out for either you or me, and it sounds delightful. Yeah, this is the Lagunitas Super Cluster Ale. It sounds fucking phenomenal. The Lagunitas? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Junas? <laughs> oh, I can smell this one. Is it citrusy? Because it's I think it's citra hopped ale. It I think that's that is what a it says. fucking good description. Because <laughs> it smells like a nice citrusy piney hop. Like they weren't holding back with this one. Oh, hell yeah. Super Cluster is a citra-hopped mega ale of galactic Ooh. proportions. Mega right. ale. We're going we're gonna to skip Gary with this one. <laughs> oh, we're just going to it straight Everything to we've learned about making hop-forward fo- hop beer, pale, cold, alcoholic, and bitter, call us sometime. Yeah, it's all of those things. But again, there's kind of a, a nice mellowness to the hops. It's not like punch you in the face, but that Ooh, bitterness shit. is certainly there. That's a lie. There's, I took I took really a, a drag from the can and it's that's the crisp hop that yeah, you get. Yeah, it certainly is. But it's just pine. You know what I mean? Just straight up leaf matter. That that is what I want <laughs> out of my hops. Though it's not like it's not super bitter. It's not like dry your mouth out, punch you in the fucking teeth. It's just it's flavor. It's Sean yeah, it's would love all this flavor. Oh yeah, oh, yeah that's absolutely. definitely a Sean beer. Yeah, that one's really good. Yeah, I definitely don't like this one. We yeah, might, we might have to trade because you're yeah. definitely enjoying that more than I am, but this is certainly a fucking good beer. I think me and Terrence I, are on the same page. I love yeah. the smell of it, though. Too much. It smells so good. Yeah. And then That's how I was with coffee for a long time, yeah. too. It definitely the last tastes beer, citrusy, yeah. like the lingering aftertaste. All I taste yeah. is citrus right now. The last beer we have is an interesting beer. I got it because it's from Iron Horse Brewery, which is a brewery that makes Irish Death, which is actually one of my preferred Irish, 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 Irish is one of my favorite. Yeah, it's a really good one. Um, and above the the brewery labeled they had the term better than lutfisk which is a fermented herring i believe yep, and it's it. super <laughs> fucking gross it is not good it is not a good time you've tried it once that was more than enough uh which doesn't mean that the beer's going to be good but the brewery's good the the phrase caught my eye and Corey, give us a description 
Okay, so it's from the Extended Family Series, whatever that is, but it's a Norwegian farmhouse ale. So that's definitely something unique. It's called the Nordic Cousin, made with kvik yeast, K-V-E-I-K. I don't know what that means. And then the little tagline quick. underneath it is, you're welcome. Going in. Ooh, that was nice. Ooh. It's got a really like classic looking can. Okay, here we go. Hop forward. I don't even know how to really describe it. Oh, that's a weird nose to it. It definitely smells weird. It's kind of got a weird taste going on at the beginning, but then it definitely mellows out. It's not really weedy. I don't know. It's really good though, even though it's warm as hell. Yeah, that's a. <laughs> it's weird. Huh. This the smell and the taste are <laughs> vastly different. Okay, here's the description. Better than Lutfisk. This beer is like the relative you've heard stories about but didn't believe existed until she showed up on your doorstep speaking a foreign language. Built on one of Norway's oldest yeasts, kvik, apparently that's what it is, this ale has moderate haziness with a light fruity and pine hop character. It finishes relatively dry but is balanced due to the oats, pilsen, and good old two-row malt. Legend has it the kvike yeast has was passed down from family to family in the form of dried cakes. We were confused and thought dried cakes meant this delicious beer. <laughs> well, I'm pretty confused too. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's, it's a, not bad at it's all. A it's just baffling like a, beer. Just trying to like name any one specific flavor is kind of hard. Yeah, because I don't I, I've never had a farmhouse ale. I don't know I, if that's a category. It tastes of kind of fruity to oh. me for sure. I've yeah, never had Norwegian beer, so I don't know. This is I, I think this is a you need to go try this yeah, type of beer. Like yeah. If you like like Belgian ales, that kind of style, this is kind of like a, a more neutral version of that with a little bit more hoppy characteristics to it. Yeah, and this one's just a Norwegian farmhouse ale, so it's definitely going to be a lot milder than that. But yeah, it's the Nordic Cousin from Iron Horse Brewery. Do you have any, any opinions thoughts? on it? I don't like it at all. You don't like it? Okay. Yeah. Fair. It's weird. Yeah, it it's definitely weird. not your straightforward, like, you know what you're getting when you grab that. And that's why I grabbed that one, because I knew the brewery, and I knew that I liked some of the other stuff they did. Yeah. And I figured this would be one that Corey would like, because he does, like, a little more funky stuff, and I figured they'd probably be leaning on that side. But I did not expect that beer to come out of that can. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do like the haziness to it. You can definitely, like, taste the, the hops in it. It's definitely, like... An unfiltered beer, and you can kind of have that uh, texture to it. Yeah. All right. Now that we all have our beers, let's get into our main topic here. We're going to ask some generalized questions for the new player, Terrence, here. Uh, first one we have is, what is your background, if you care to share? Uh, my background, professional smite player, professional dancer. No big deal. What the fuck? No big deal. <laughs> I Just throws it around <laughs> as if it doesn't fucking... Uh, graduated, graduated high school with my associate's degree in engineering. That's about it. So, noticing a pattern, a smart guy in general. Very hardworking, motivated... He has a gaming background, right? right? So a game yep. like this is going to be something that he's going to be able to pick up fairly quickly, and clearly he has. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be kind of evident. At, this is an interview with someone who's played the game for five months, but it's going to sound like somebody who's, you know, played the game for a couple of years, kind of has gotten into it. He's as entrenched as we all are yeah, at this point. I, but you still have those new player experiences, you know? Yeah, I haven't known Terrence for super long, but one thing I've figured out is as soon as he finds something to get into, he gets into it. Like, he studies everything. Get in there. All right. So, speaking of that, how did you get into magic? We all can just make the assumption that we can blame Corey. Hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think for the first six months that I knew you, anytime you sent me a picture of you playing magic, I would always, like, call you the biggest <laughs> nerd ever. And then and six, he, he's a professional video yeah. game player. And then six months down the road, I was like, oh, you know what? Magic is actually pretty cool. So, what was your first format? Uh, Commander. That's a rough one to start. Um, oh, yeah. It was awful. What he were you thinking, it. Corey? That's what we played. 
That's and true. like, because we don't, we didn't have our modern decks because they were stuck back at my parents' house. And Sean or Sean was gonna buy the those beginner decks, whatever the one v one decks, but they yeah. weren't out yet. Right. Oh, and okay. so I was just like, Terrence, this is what we have available. You're gonna fucking hate it, and there's <laughs> gonna be a million cards, and you won't know what's going on. But let's play some magic. All right, so I guess it's kind of hard to say what was your, your first deck here, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, seeing as how you did start with EDH, have you found that there is a more beginner-friendly format? Um, I mean, judging from the fact that I haven't played many other formats besides, I guess, which which is the other one? Standard, I guess? You played Sealed, because that's pre-release. Okay. Which I think it's technically standard, Yeah, but it's, like not, it's, it's not standard. Yeah, no, it's, it's just a Sealed. All those cards are standard legal, but it's not standard. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so it's kind of like a family tree of like, yeah, this is standard like, and then this falls. Okay, yeah, but this. yeah, probably standard would probably be the easiest one only because you would have more of a chance to get something that you want at a certain point in time, if that yeah. makes sense. Recent cards. There's less looking, cards to read through too. Yeah. More, a lot more straightforward deck building with those decks, I feel. And then plus it would only be like you versus one other person not wondering what everybody else is doing on yeah, the board. Yeah, that, that is a really good point. Yeah, that's fair. One v one formats are a lot easier. So, so when you started playing Commander, obviously you were just playing... Corey and Sean's decks, right? Yeah. What uh, what what was the first deck you ran? I think wasn't it Cranko? Oh yeah, yeah. Crank <laughs> it was down. All right. It's I gave him Cranko because that's my most straightforward deck. It's also my best deck because it's so fast. Yeah. The only goal of it is to make goblins and kill everybody. And obviously, there's a lot it of does that quite a lot well. of stuff you got to do to get there. But you don't need to focus on graveyard shenanigans, really blocking, like any of that stuff. It's just aggro. That's true. Yeah, that's fair. And in my opinion, from what I've learned, aggro is the easiest thing to figure out. Yeah, I think if I were to start a new player, mono red is the first where yeah, I'd start. Because yeah. <laughs> like, there's an argument to be made for just having like a, a base green deck. Uh, but I think, honestly, like to learn spells and other things, that red is just kind of the straightforward way to go. Because you have the creatures, your spells, you target the player, they do take damage. Like... It's yeah, very everything's usually up. low cost, so you can keep playing stuff. So this is going to be a little bit of an, a, a testament to you, but also a critique of your teachers, Corey and Sean. How <laughs> how easy was it to pick up? Was it something that you just like got right into, or? Um, so I think it took me about. I think we played three rounds that night, and then. By the third round, I started like picking up what specific cards I should be looking for. Only in my deck, though, not on everybody else's boards. Like on everybody else's boards, I would have to be like, "What does that one do again?" Or like Corey would point out, like, "By the way, you should focus on that one." Type of thing. Yeah. So, Terrence, what in your opinion was the hardest part to learn in picking up Magic? Like as a general, or just playing Cranko, or both? I guess both. Both. Um, probably the hardest part about playing Cranko was knowing the other decks I'm playing against and which one will shut me out as a whole. Because I think you were playing Marin and Sean was playing Wizards. So it was either that I get comboed off on turn four or I have no creatures on the board at all. And then I began to notice that if you don't kill the combo player, you will probably lose. <laughs> but then if I left you alone, as long as I duplicate enough goblins, then I didn't really have to worry about you. Oh, yeah. And then probably the hardest thing to learn in general, probably just... The stack and when to use a certain card. Was there a certain technique or, you know, like speech or something that finally got to you, like how to figure out the stack? Or was it just playing and playing and playing and it finally seeped in? Um, it was more playing and playing because I think we had one specific game where there was, um, 
when it was just the three of us and then the stack got up to maybe about six cards but then it would just be like counterspell into something else into another counterspell into something countering that counterspell and then it'll kind of like all reverse backwards but then that was at the point in time when i was like probably my second game in and i didn't even know what was happening so i didn't even like bother doing anything at all so it's more of a sense of like i played for a while and then i actually sat down with sean i'm like so how does it actually work and then it's like you just put it up and then you just go in reverse and then i was like okay so it's not that complicated yeah so Terrence, it's usually me, you, and, pl- and Sean playing a lot. And then every once in a while, we'll get Drew and Gary in for like pre-release. And then we also have a couple of other buddies that come play occasionally. But what have you learned from just playing with us, do you think? Um, like you and Sean like specifically? Our play group, yeah. Yeah, because obviously all of us are really different in play yeah. styles and stuff. But just playing with everybody. So the thing that I learned the most between just playing with you and Sean like so consistently is um usually don't listen to you fuck you but also usually just don't listen to Sean as well because it's more of a sense of like oh I'm gonna have a second hand to play against this third player type of thing which isn't necessarily a bad thing because it's usually for a good reason on why you would want me to do a certain thing but then it also helps you more than it helps me yeah, the politics. I would say the politics is weird because when you hear about politics the politics in our play group aren't as necessarily open and like schemey per se it's it's mostly vindictive yeah but at the same time it's very very self-centered yeah (laughs) oh yeah i've never heard anybody go let's try and make a fair deal you know what i mean it's always like all right yourself i try i try too i mean i try specifically talking about corey it i i always try and do what's best for the table with harms me the least <laughs> yeah and that's the thing like that sometimes it blows everything up when you're it's talking true. about edh specifically when you are making deals you're trying to win the game yeah so if yes, you make a deal that just only benefits you people are going to notice but when you make a deal that benefits the most people but if you somehow twist it a little bit so that it benefits you the most then that's just good politics like that's just good playing yeah. the game like yeah. that's part of the strategy of the game and i think that we can all respect that yeah. but playing with those four like playing with me drew or me, Corey, Sean, and Terrence, I have seen it firsthand where Terrence can feel like, oh, they know I'm new and they know that I don't know the exact move. So they're both going to try and whisper in my ear to get what they want, not what's best. that was basically Uh, exactly how it was. Which is fine. I mean, you have to play to win. You know I mean? You got to do some of those things. But I can see as a new player, you'd be like, do I fucking listen to this I'm like, so do I listen to my best friend who introduced it to me? Or do I listen to the guy who probably doesn't trust him right now? (laughs) I mean, if there's one thing these guys do when we play is none of them trust me anymore. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, they should. No. We should all, we all go into the game trying to win. True. And like, I'm not going to lie to you, but you should always know there's a, a small that, bit of truth omitted. Yeah. That everybody's level of threat assessment is different. True. And I just try and t- I'm very vocal about that. Yeah. Corey definitely is the most vocal about his politics. I'm more yeah. like, I don't want to say like manipulative, but like I make suggestions that are obviously going to benefit me, but that are so obvious that they're going to benefit you that you are going to like want yeah. to make that. Move. You also make very, very literal deals, and I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> like I make straight up deals. Where like, I think it was right after my draw step. I, oh, I promised. You just <laughs> told me this story. Yeah, I, I, was, I made a deal with you to like not blow something up until my next turn or something like so that. So what it was I, is that I had, I was playing my Nekusar deck. Yeah. Uh, and I had a wheel on it was board. awful. And I made the deal with Corey that I wouldn't wheel until his next turn. And he agreed. And then he tutored on Sean's end step. Yeah. Right before his. And he put that card on top of his library. And I looked Corey in the eye and I said, activate this card. Yeah. He's like, it is now my turn. I'm going to wheel. I was like, son of a Well, technically. (laughs) I made the deal and I just 
And I was like, I told but, you what I was going to do. That's not say, what I meant. I but do like that <laughs> idea. That is what the not, deal. I will never lie to you. I will give you the exact information that I want you to have. And knowing those two things, know that I'm still going to try and benefit myself. Oh, yeah. Like, yep. so that's, that's I should have known. That's gotta be. I should have known. known. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's get back on topic here. Terrence, you've, we talked about kind of red being the most beginner friendly. Do you agree with that? Or do you think, what are, what are the colors or color pairs that you think are the most beginner friendly? Um, beginner friendly? Yeah. If you were to recommend I mean, like a deck type or just a color pair or whatever, what do you think you, you'd throw to a beginner? I think for a deck type, it would just be specifically just aggro. Like, nothing that has to deal with the stack, anything with countering, unless it's just, like, a single card counter. Like, the one that you had, I think it was, like, countered a target blue spell or yep, something like that. Elemental Blast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, classic. So, it would be anything like that. Like, anything that would just have have you just play a card, and then if somebody is like, hey, that has haste, you should probably attack or something like that. Like, you just play a card, and then you just attack, deal damage, and then you just pass the turn and just move on. So, not necessarily a color, but just a... Yeah, just, just a... A theme, a style. A, yeah. yeah. Style. Do you think that? I mean, you've played all all of the colors at this point in time. Do you think that there is a color that is more beginner friendly? Um, a color that is probably more beginner friendly. I would probably just say green. It's a, the only problem with playing green is that it would take so long for you that I don't think you would actually be interested in the game anymore by the time you can play your first spell. Yeah, green is green. kind of heavy. Yeah, I mean, you do have the ramp associated with it, but I don't think a lot of new say, players like are going to. Green is is. Allows you to ramp, you know what I mean? Allows you to have that mana. But that idea is a very kind of foreign concept to beginners. Like the idea of like, hey, you need to play this spell that does virtually nothing right now so that you can play your big stuff later. Like, yeah, beginners I don't, don't want to do that. I don't want to play lands. I want to play well, fucking dinosaurs awesome. and shit. <laughs> there are spells that appear to do nothing, right? And yeah. as a beginner, kind of what Terrence was saying is that uh, if I can uh, make an abridged version <laughs> of your statement. Fill your mouth with yeah. some of my words. Uh, is that you want beginners to be able to play the cards that they have available and you want to be able to like make it so that they're consistently doing something. And that's kind of what an aggro strategy is going to be able to do. And if we're talking green, like if, uh, if I was, you know, and I'll use myself as an example, when I started, like I thought like those big green fatty creatures were fucking fantastic. I was like, this is so cool. Five, oh, five yeah. beast, but elemental or whatever. And it's just like, I have to get five man and do that. And that means if those are the things I'm putting in my deck and I'm just filling them full with, then I'm not going to be doing anything for the first five turns, assuming I get all of my lands. And at the beginning, I wanted to cut all my lands. Oh yeah. Right. And so I think that Terrence makes a, a good statement in that there are some decks that are slower and that I think that that's not necessarily what a beginner wants to do because they want to be able to play the game. They want to learn and figure out what's going on and sitting around for, you know, one, two, five turns is just, it's way too much. Point taken, uh, position changed. I lose. <laughs> All right. So um, obviously for new players, that's one thing, but you are, I would say, established well past what I would consider a new player. I would say, especially for a five-month player, you're significantly more advanced than most of us were at that point. Definitely. Do you have color preferences now that you know what you're talking about and how that you figured out the stack? Red, green. Fuck yeah. You can tell that he's fucking Corey's I was going to say, there's a pattern here. Why? What's the deal? So red is more for creature removal other than mine, usually. Unless it's like, I don't know, Blasphemous Act, I guess. And then green is just because I just want to play a big creature. I mean, green stomp here is red. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is like classic magic. I can't complain there. All right, so what's your favorite deck then right now? What are, what are you working with? We're talking about EDH in general here. My favorite deck is probably the one that I haven't even made yet, which is, um, I forgot I forgot the name. I think, is it is it Atarka? Atraxa? No, no, no. It's the white one. The god one. Oh, Ketra. Oh, Ketra. Oh, yeah. You're making a Ketra deck. Yeah, nice. it's a god eternal no, Ketra deck. And then gross. It's a, it's a life gain like token deck basically okay then, what about a deck that you have played been playing a deck that i have played so yeah. the funnest deck right now is probably joyra it's like i play a spell draw a card 
probably play the spell again, like over and over again. And then it's just infinite draws. For me personally, I think the funnest part of Magic is drawing cards. I think that's I the agree, best dude. part. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. That is, I mean, I literally have a deck around. That's what my Nekusar deck is. It's just everybody gets to draw. Everybody gets to have fun. All right. Uh, what about decks that you aren't a fan of? Or strictly like, what aren't you a fan of like playing against or just find it difficult as a new player to play decks, these decks? Um, I think the worst decks, the, the ones that I mainly just don't have fun with is probably like, like Wizards. Just like an infinite yeah. combo on turn four. It's like, you get into the game and then you get out of the game. I mean, the only upside is that, like, you'll know when he's about to win or it would be, like, you'll, he'll win, like, in 30 minutes so that way you can just, like, move on to the next game. But yeah, fast uh, games are sometimes okay. Yeah, or anything that makes you not allowed to play the game in general, like like a Marin that'll make you sack, like, sack stuff or, like, Joyro that'll make you pick up things. So Terrence likes to play the game. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about uh, like things that you decks. Like, find difficult to play as a, as a kind of newer player? Um... Probably just anything, anything blue, because it, it it more revolves about like not about like what you're doing mainly, but what about the other person's doing and how you want to counter it and which thing to counter. Because it's like, is the first one a bait, or is or is this actually the card that he wants to put down right now? So it's just kind of control magic in general. Right? Exactly. Yeah, and I think we can all agree that control magic is sort of the the hardest magic to learn because you need to learn not only what's in your deck, but when what's in their deck. And just timing. establishing yeah. Yeah, the timing and the like, threat of activation on certain things is obviously yeah. important. And just kind of figuring out what, as you said, is like the right threat at the right time. Like, yeah. Do you counter it now? Is that the thing that is going to well, cost you the game? Or and you have to learn how to budget your mana differently because you have to yeah. hold shit up. Yeah, yeah. you leave yeah. a lot, a lot of, of mana open. You have to pass sequencing. the turn. It's a lot more passive playing. Yeah, I feel Which like is that's why the I opposite don't like end. blue. <laughs> yeah, I think that's at the opposite end of the spectrum as far as aggro to control like oh those yeah. Are kind yeah. Of the, yeah the opposite ends and i agree i think that's stick to aggro if, if you're new and move into control yeah if you that's, want that's something kind of more. an archetype that none of us really lean towards like we have some controly decks sean's wizard infinite combat deck is obviously the most controly that we have but yeah i don't know like like control play a lot of really yeah, decks. even his control even the wizard's deck it's it's controlling the state of the board towards him not yeah, necessarily he's locking everybody out counter of the game. spells yeah. board wipes and anything that blows his shit up and then he just combos. <laughs> yeah, just leave me alone long enough for me to win. Here's my favorite question that we're, we're going to ask you because I'm having the same problem. Like I, I haven't built decks in a long time. I've just gotten back into, you know, building some commander decks. So I want to know, A, how do you build decks? Do you, are you influenced by Corey and Sean? Do you net deck? Do you just throw cards together and see what happens? And B, have you built any decks all by yourself? Yeah, I I built like the mono white one. I built I built that one by myself, and then um for so it used to be more of um actually I don't think you influ influenced me at all. You kind of gave me like guidelines, like this is what you should have. This is kind of like the idea of what you should have, but of course it's not gonna follow. Like yeah, the exact I just guidelines. I just gave him the general rules like you need ramp card draw, removal and board wipe. Yeah, and then synergy. So, so do you do a lot of the EDH rec stuff where you find a commander and kind of see what people are doing, or do you just go right in and start finding cards? Um, so it's a little bit of both, like, because you said at the beginning of this, like, I went back and read, like, every single card that came out up to right. date. So it's more of a sense of, like, I do have, like, a little bit of knowledge of, like, what are good cards, and then I have a lot of knowledge of what are bad cards trash. in a color yeah like <laughs> a lot of like wish that i never read type thing but um it's more of a sense of like if you do use like the edh rec it's kind of like like those are like you'll see the most common cards only because like those are probably the best cards at that time right. like for that specific color so it's kind of like oh if everybody else is playing it then why shouldn't i 
type thing. Yeah, you have to kind of like logic into exactly. why not to play certain things exactly. rather than why to play because why to play is very obvious, I think, on EDA Trick especially and kind of like making the the argument for what is better than that card is kind of where you have to go from there. And just for people out there who may not know, when we're talking about neck decking, we're talking about a very specific style of, of building a deck where you go online and you're looking at specific lists that other people have made and you're building your deck based on those lists rather than just like going on to gather and just like looking at all of the history of magic and looking at the cards and then building your deck from there. Yeah, building I would consider deck, that not, de- not yeah, neck decking. Building your deck online on the net is different from building from net decking. Right. Yeah, like I think EDA Trek is the one we use the most. Just seeing... commander-centric. Yeah, just seeing what cards everybody else are using and then we say, yeah. I like that card or why are you running that card? Just kind of yeah. Well, and they getting provide a lot of statistics. Different opinions, yeah. yeah. So another thing I'd like to know because I'm kind of, you know, in this bubble of this play group as well. Uh, how do you think this specific play group playing with these same, you know, three, four, five people over and over has shaped the way you build and the way you play? And do you think if you had been brought up in this world in a different circumstance, do you think you would... Do you think you would build and play differently or do you think you build and play more towards what you like and less what you were influenced by? Um, well, for the last part of the question, it's more of a sense of like, like I built how I want, like with a little bit of like, like I guess you could call it like fun in there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's kind of like now more than ever. I remember in the beginning, they used to talk about like, no, I don't want a combo deck type thing. But then now, mostly everybody's running into combo decks. And it's not necessarily a bad thing because there's still decks that we don't have that are combos. But it's more of a sense of like, if you want to win, you'll play that specific one type of thing. So it's kind of like, if you just want the feeling, even though it's kind of like undermining because you kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say cheated is the wrong word. Cheated is definitely the wrong word for it. But it's more of a sense of like, a guaranteed win type thing. If you it's already just know a it. more competitive deck. Exactly. Than the, I was going to say, coming deck. from the old school magic, I know exactly what you yeah. what you feel because it's it's more like uh, it, like especially with the wizards deck, it's kind of like I don't care what anybody does. If yeah. I can get to my cards, I win. You know. Yeah, so I, I get that. And I think because we never used to play combo decks or anything Ever. like that, and then Sean and I started building combos into our decks, which impacted you guys. To be- make better decks, and then Terrence just walked into all this stuff. Yeah, he's like, "Combo decks are fine. Like, you guys got combo decks. I want combo decks. Like, I want to win on turn five. And but do you think coming like, into he- that world shaped the way that you build and play, or do you think you would be that way pretty much no matter what? I mean, looking. I mean, I probably wouldn't be that way only because, like, when even even now, whenever I try to like combo off, like, I don't have fun with it, especially if it's like the a Vanifar one. So it's kind of like I'll just like kind of ladder my way up into an infinite combo. Like type yeah. of thing. So it's kind of like as soon as Vanifar hits the board and a two drop comes out and I have a haste outlet, then I win the game. Like that's yeah. it. Yeah. So so then it's kind of like, it's not, it's more of a sense of like how, like how long you want your, your game to last type of thing. And then when it comes to me being like brought into it by like, I guess a different, different group, if it was more of the sense of like how it is, is it how it used to be? Would that be a good way to phrase it? Like where there's just no combos at all? Like if it's just all just Kranko and like Omnath and stuff like that. Yeah, we used to not run combos. We used to... I mean, Kranko was one of the first things that started to shift the play group. I yeah. Think, because and it was one of I those things Marin that could happen so too. fast. Yeah, I think coming from like what was our previous play group where it was you, me, Sean, and a couple of the other guys from Idaho, when we played we kind of had to outrule certain decks. One, because some of them were just too slow 
And the other, because some of the decks were, were too fast and the games weren't going to be fun, they weren't going to be competitive. Uh, and I think that Marin was the first one that you really invested into to make a deck that was consistent and and just powerful. And the rest of the decks, I mean, a lot of the stuff what we were running was just pre-cons. Uh, so it just, the power level was just vastly different. As soon as Marin hits the board, everyone understood this was the threat, this is what we have to do. And it became kind of a, an arch enemy game, which I think at the same time can be very fun if you understand that that's how the game is going to be played. But when it comes in and it's just a bunch of decks and then all of a sudden just like, oh, hey, guess what? You're the target. You didn't know that, but oh well, you lose. Yeah, we, And that's we, where it starts to be not fun. We played a lot of really budget magic. Like nobody wanted to spend even $10 on a deck, let alone $10 on a card. And I think I put like $25 in my Marin deck and it was just the best deck we had. And so I just couldn't play it because nobody even stood a chance because everyone else was playing pre-cons. None of us, we didn't play very regularly. None of us really took it seriously. We were still just having fun, just hanging out. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of it was that we were all at university, basically. Yeah. So anytime we got together, you know, we'd play Magic. And if anyone had upgraded their deck and everyone else hadn't, it was then very apparent. all of a sudden, yeah, there's yeah. this very apparent difference in power level, especially if that person happens to get the cards. And Corey seemed to always be able to get his new cards for whatever reason. Yeah. And it just showed the difference in the power level of the decks. And so Marin was kind of like the the stoplight, as it were. Like, yeah. you have to be able to get past this point in order to continue playing with this playgroup. Yeah. Do you and, think, and maybe this is a question for Terrence, but do you think coming into the group at that point when the shift was going massive, I wouldn't say competitive. I don't think any of oh, us yeah, have like no. a, a CEDH deck, but massively more competitive than we ever were. Do you think coming into our playgroup at that point is what helped you get so good so quickly because you knew what level you had to get to? Do you feel that at all? Um, I want to say yes, but I also want to say no, only because of the sense of like, when you first start, you don't know what competitive EDH is. Yeah. You don't know what decks will do and stuff like that. You don't know if somebody will have something like the only people that will know that is the person playing it or the person that's been playing against that person for a very long time. I want to lean more towards the no side, but yeah. at the same time, it is a good thing only because like, since it is more towards like, I guess some... Um, like an upside, like it's still under CEDH, but like it's not like that far under at the same time. So it kind of like, I feel like it boosted me like more. So I guess that's why you could say that I learned like faster than you guys, only because like I, you guys are at a farther point and I picked up at your guys' point right. instead of where you guys were. Yeah, not necessarily yeah. just because it's competitive, but because you see the level of the decks that are being played at. Because, yeah. you know, when you start out with janky decks, you kind of see like the, an inconsistency. And so you maybe you have a lower bar than... You know, when you run against Krenko, if you watch fucking Corey play four games with Krenko, you go, okay, that's what I have to beat. <laughs> I know what to look out for. Yeah. If he plays that, I've got two turns. <laughs> yeah, it's really gotten to the point where, like, if Krenko and Wizards are on the board at the same time, it's hard to decide, like, <laughs> who do I waste all my yeah. removal on? Because so you have Wizards. to pick one of them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. whenever we alone. would all play together, like, we, we all played our combo our combo decks, and then... So there is fun. there is blue in Vanifar. And then, so the only time I ever left, so I always kept the hands with the most blue in it, only so that way I could counter spells. Except it was specifically Kranko and Sean's Tutor for Mind Over Matter. Only yeah. because those were like basically the win cons of the whole deck. All right. So we are, you know, a nice Magic the Gathering podcast, I'd like to think. Uh, do you look at anyone else's uh, Magic content, content creators, whatever? Do you spending time on the net looking at that? Um, yeah, so the one that, I think it's the one that you and Sean watch a lot, it's the, it's the commander-based one, not, not commander-versus, the other one. Command Zone. Command Zone. Command Zone. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Command Zone. Command Zone. So, I think that was actually the first podcast, no, it was the second podcast, but it was the first one I started to, like, 
watch religiously for a while. Same. And I think that's like went through and went on the backlog and just like watched from episode one to like yeah. episode 100. Yeah, I, I think that's watching. the one that kind of got us all like really in. Yeah. So like just got it. Shouts out to you, Josh. Um, thinking about it. Yeah. I think so. I never watched like any of their like actual. I don't want to say like actual podcasts. Yeah, like their actual podcasting where they would talk about like the pre-release or anything like that. I would just mainly just watch the gameplay. Like the game nights? Yeah, yeah. and then I would re-watch I mean, it over and over content. again. Like yeah. I would watch it once and I'll be like, okay, it was a good episode, but it's more of a sense of like listening to a song for a second time. That's that's when you like finally focus on it, finally listen to it and stuff like that. So when I watched it for like the second, the third time, and then I'm like, so that's why he did this at this specific point for that specific thing. Type. So do you feel like you spend most of your time watching magic content for learning or for entertainment? Both. Both. So yeah. So always the first time around, it's always just for entertainment only because it's like, it's usually always good. And then for the second time around, it's always a good learning experience because these guys are way above where I'm at, like hundred percent. They have really high standards. Yeah. I was yeah. Gonna say, if we're talking oh, about yeah. game night specifically, like that is such a well-produced piece yeah. of content exactly. that- like, I agree. Like, you look at it, and for me, I watch it for entertainment purposes, and I generally don't go back and, and watch through. Whereas, like, there are other episodes when I was first learning EDH, I would go through and listen to it one or two times while I was I mean, slicing brains in the lab or whatever else I was doing. And, like, you listen to it the first time, and it's like, okay, this is what they said. Yeah. Okay, listen to it again. This is why they said what they said and yeah. how it applies to me. And I, I really vibe with that. Yeah, they're yeah. really good teachers, and I think it helped all of us yeah. tremendously. Absolutely. I mean, just... As a podcast, I think that they inspired us to, to start oh, yeah. what they're, we're doing now. They are kind of the reason we're here. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you guys want to be featured on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, We've God. got beers for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, the last question I have for just general magic questions is pre-cons or nah? So I'm going to jump in here because I've told Terrence about the pre-cons. Ooh. And I basically described it as Commander Christmas because every year some new shit comes out that everyone wants to look at. Everyone wants to start taking apart and building decks and improving and stuff. And so, but he hasn't actually been playing long enough for a, a pre-con to come out. Ooh, that's true. And so he's never been around when everybody's just running pre-cons, just figuring out the weird shenanigans. But Terrence, you, you've bought, was it, you've bought the tracks of pre-con? Yeah. And I think that's the only uh, that, one. That's the only one. That's I feel the like only that may not be a, a, a fair assessment though. Because that <laughs> yeah. deck. I mean, that a is a deck. powerhouse. So I think the only other pre-con that I saw was the... Edgar Markov, Edgar Markov. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, I think that was also the only solid. other one that I've ever seen. But I mean, we do have a lot of them around. Yeah, we yeah, don't. Yeah, but I don't know if we play usually, with them. Yeah, if you guys play with them. At all. No, we don't. So I haven't really played with any precons at all. But more of a sense of like, for a new player, yes. But if it's more of a sense of like, if you're a new player wanting to build a deck, no. Because whenever when I got the precon, when I got the Atraxa precon, and I was like, okay, I want to make this into a Super Friends deck, and then you would read a card, and then it would take you way off course of your super friends deck and you're like this is a really good card i'm going to keep this in here only because it's for one specific purpose not for the fact of you building a deck around your type of style that you wanted right. to get it to if you start looking into the financial aspect of it more than just the cards themselves and the deck building if you find pre-cons that seem to be you know 50 percent or 60 percent of what you would want out of it but you can get it for a cheaper price than if you bought them in singles are you that type of guy or are you still just kind of like, I'm I'm going to Card Kingdom, I'm getting them all? Um, I would probably go with the pre-con thing. Only, only for the financial situation, but then it also leaves like extra cards that just lay around and then you'll never play ever again. We got a few of those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe not. All right. So next segment here we want to talk about, we only have a few questions here, but we want to talk about pre-release. 
uh, you've done two with us, right? Which the first one we kind of pushed you off in the deep end, and then I tried to yeah to be tried the buoy to reel you back in. Yeah. Tried to be yeah. my my mother bear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I feel like I overstepped what I should have done there. I feel like I kind of helped you more than what I should have just to let you experience the whole thing. I feel like I helped you too much in your your deck building, and that really didn't kind of uh, let you be your own player. I mean, yes and no. Only because like when when it came to the pre-release, I didn't know like what kind of player I was type of thing. Like if you're going to say like how I wanted to play. Right. But it's kind of like when you go to a pre-release, you don't really have a say because it's kind of like whatever's the most colors that you have, that's usually the, the ones that you are going to run. So it's more like because you helped me build the deck or you basically built it for me, that's what I did for the second one. That's it. And then I followed those specific guidelines and I was like, okay. And then I even asked you guys, like when I was there, I was like, so how many lands do you guys run? And I was like, okay, so I need this, like this much cards, this much lands. Yeah. And to to be fair, the first one, and the reason why I feel like I overstepped my mouth is because the first one you played was Ravnica Allegiance. We had Orzhov, which is just my jam. And so I, I was like, Super stoked just to look at your cards. Like, have my own. Just like, this is a second deck. You should play this and give me that. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you, you pulled Tesa, and I was just like, so after this, I'll want this card. Uh, but yeah, so the second one we had was War of the Spark, so the most recent pre-release we all went to. Um, what did you play? How did you do? Like, what, what was the, just how was it? How was the experience? Um, I forgot what colors I ran. I think I ran, it was black-red, wasn't it? I thought it was blue, blue-black, but yeah, black-red. And then, so... The only reason why I did it was only because of Liliana and Krenko. So that's the only reason why I ever did it. Yeah, I wanted to do blue, yeah, blue, black. Some money. But other than that, like, I, like, because I did it that way, like, it made me have fun. But at the same time, like, because those cards were specifically powerful, that it actually just wanted me games at the same time. Yeah. I mean, you did have, like, a very strong deck in that it was very fast. You had a fair amount of removal. I mean, black, red, surprise. Uh, did you enjoy it? Would you do it again? Like, uh, I mean... Obviously, you have done it again. Have you yeah. been to a second period release? Uh, but would you go without our group? Would oh, you just yeah. like just go on your own? Yeah, hundred percent. Like even if it wasn't to the same like game shop, like I would go to a different one. Like if just to like kind of I guess spice it up, if you would if you would say it that way. Like just go to the one in Salt Lake, I guess, just for fun. Before we transition here, what advice would you personally give to a new player? I just want to say probably I guess go into it with the. With a clear mind, because you you can't go into it saying like, oh, I'm going to win because you're probably not going to win. And then it's probably going to demoralize you and then you'll hate the game because that's exactly what happened to me in the beginning. It's more of a sense of like, you're just going there, depending on if you're playing with friends or not, you're just going to there just to like play spells and have fun. And like, that's it. But if you really do go in there saying you're going to win every single time and just repeat it in your head, like and have a competitive mindset, you will probably not like the game at all. Yeah. Play the game to have fun. Surprise, play games is fun. Yeah, yeah is we mostly play fun. just to bullshit. Yeah. Catch yeah. up. Like. Yeah. Well, and also learning, you know, understanding that like there's a learning curve and that's why this game is fun is because it's not something that you can walk into and just be good. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah. it's not an arm wrestling competition where you can just be naturally fucking good. Like you got to learn the game. That's what makes it fun. Yeah. It's a puzzle. Learn the you know? cards, learn the decks, yeah. learn the strategies, learn what your opponent's doing. All right. So we've talked about being a new player. We've asked you some questions, but we have these beers that are sitting around. I mean, well, not sitting around. We've been drinking it. Gary insists about done here. first. <laughs> oh, Gary has done. Mine get is the bigger. Award. That's true. <laughs> so let's get back in and talk about these beers. Terrence, you had a 24 karat gold ale. Oh, I'm loving it. Like, I don't, I'm not a beer person. Like, I think the only beer that I ever got into was the, um, 
Which one was it? It was the lemonade one? Lining Kugel Summer Shandies. Oh, I mean, Just it's the a delightful easiest beer. drinking it's, beer of all yeah. time. So, so Summer good. fresh. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the first beer Corey tried to get me into was... um. Was it a PBR? Oh, God. It was probably it a probably PBR. Was. Yeah. PBR. Yeah, it was so big. It was either a PBR or an Olympia yeah. or a Rainier. Yeah. Just generic beer. I, I didn't like crazy. any of them. They were all too bitter. They didn't have like flavor into it. And then like as soon as I started tasting more and more, because like every time he would have a beer, I would just be like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take a little sip. I'll tell you how I feel about it. Probably won't like it. It's probably going to be the same as always, just bitter. And I don't like it at all. But now that I've been tasting more and more, like just, I'm starting to get more and more flavor. It's just more of a sense of like, coming down to a science and how we can actually explain Your palate it. is just developing. Exactly. You can just appreciate everything like, so much like more. Like you said, there, it really is a science. Like, to be a brewmaster and, like, develop new flavors oh, and, yeah. and something that people are just gonna, like, appreciate and enjoy. And, like, every beer has its own audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it may not be the best beer for you, but somebody out there, I'm sure, has made that beer and enjoys it and there's a reason why they've, you know, shipped it out. Oh, yeah. All right, Corey, what about you? What are you drinking? I am sipping on that Nordic Cousin. The weird one that we couldn't quite nail. Have you figured out? Can you describe it? Hell no. It's gotten a lot Hell more no. mellow. More mellow as you. The more I drink it, it, and I, it was it was pretty warm to begin with, and now it's it's pretty warm right now. Yeah, it is warm. I and think now that it's warmer, there's a little a little more hop. Yeah, to it's, it. it's definitely got a little more citrusy. Yeah. On the on the back end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. There's kind of a still an undescribable flavor there. Kind of like somewhere between like oaky and nutty right before the the bitterness of it which is like a super interesting flavor yeah. because it's kind of funky and then it has that and then yeah it's, bitter. it's like earthy but yeah. not really earthy it's i don't really know how to describe it i think earthy's a, a good generic description for yeah it, but pretty good okay drew you're drinking that lagunitas right yeah the, oh what is the, the the mega ale <laughs> the super cluster ale lagunitas hot Citra 7, a citra hot mega ale of intergalactic portions yeah, they're really trying to sell it on this one. But I feel like they should just let the beer I, I speak they, for itself. I was going to say, they nailed the mark. I think it's hoppy as fuck. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's as, like, hopped up as what I think they're trying to describe. I think a citra ale. Citra hopped. Citra hopped. I think, I think that's... Yeah, that's, I think that the, the citrus apt. notes really come through. But I just think if that... If you like hops, it is very crisp and refreshing. Oh, yeah. It is, like, the a nice... This is what, like I said, like what I want out of a, a hoppy beer. It's crisp. Refreshing. It's got these citrusy notes that it's got a lot kind of, of flavor. Out. It's just a very flavorful and aromatic beer. Like the the smell on it is very pleasant. Yeah. Uh, and Gary, you've got founders. Uh, first things the, first, the, the label. Art. Yeah, the card art here. The label here. Uh, it looks like Corey was saying earlier. Kind of looks like it fit into my Markov deck. It looks like kind of like a vampire. You know, aristocrats kind of. Uh, oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, Upper class lady. Yeah. yeah. Looks very dark. It's the Founders Porter, and it right out right on the bottle. It says dark, rich, and sexy. Would you agree with that? Dark and rich, I agree. Sexy, she's all right. Damn. No. I'm talking about right, no. five beer. out of ten. No. Five yeah, out of ten. You, you tell a vampire that she wasn't sexy? No, I think it it's really good. It's really rich. Very malty. Very, I don't want to say burned, but you know what I mean? Toasted. It, yeah, it does have like an, an acrid flavor to yeah. it. Yeah. But the But the not coffee, bitter in I the feel, grossest yeah, way. Right. I feel yeah. like the Corey described it as like very coffee-like, yeah. but I feel like that's more on the nose than anything else. Like as soon as I taste it, it's just kind of like a kind of a, a slightly acrid bitterness to it. Roasted malts and then like the chocolatey vibe to it. Yeah. I, like I like how it finishes too. Like yeah. lightly sweet, just a s- little hint of bitterness to it, but like kind of like a darker chocolate kind of. Yeah, it was a yeah. lot more chocolatey. Like it was a big punch of chocolate and then it sort of smooths into a coffee taste, at least for me. 
Yeah, it's like that sugary taste, that real smooth sugary taste that you get from those darker beers. And then my big thing is when I get into the more stouty area of beers is that they're sometimes too bitter, but I didn't think it was. I thought it was yeah. just enough. Another thing that usually with dark beers are really, really thick. Yeah. And you kind of have to ch- nice and choke smooth. them down. But yeah, this one's so smooth. Yeah, it was great. Instead of drinking like chocolate milk. It's and just it's only like, like what? 6%? 6.5%. That's probably, that's probably why. Some of those 11 percenters we've done before on the show. Yeah. It's, it's a they're large and in it. charge. This one is an 8%. I didn't realize it had such a strong... I mean, it does have... Slight, the slight alcohol finish or whatever it says, and then the slight is crossed out. So I guess I should have expected a little bit more. Yeah. Didn't got some alcohol in it. All right, so I think that wraps everything up for this episode. Terrence, thank you for coming on. It's great to have you. You're one cool dude, man. We'll invite you back for sure. I mean, as long as the audience approves. Terrence, do you have anything else to say? Anything you want to leave on the table? Any final thoughts? Do you have a favorite moment in your magic playing so far? A favorite moment? Okay, so my favorite moments are, so I know when you're about to quote-unquote go off, right? Because <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll go into this phase when you're, you you do this and then if you have glasses on, you'll push it up a little bit. <laughs> He's and got you're like, beautiful mind. Shit. All right, guys. <laughs> here we go. Buckle up. And then he'll start doing, doing like some janky shit and then it's kind of like, you're not really doing anything and then like, Three more cards that hit the battlefield. He's like, "All right, now you guys actually lose." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, as soon as as soon as Corey does the, "All right, everyone," it's like, "Okay, buckle guys." Up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what it's hold up. It's okay, guys. Yeah. Buckle up. I was gonna say honestly, like, Corey plays kind of fast most of the time. So anytime he's sitting there on his turn counting, yeah. <laughs> his turn yeah. he's thinking, if he's counting, like, you're like, "Okay, are we all dead, or is it <laughs> yeah. just one of us?" Yeah, Corey, just Corey like, does this thing where he he'll look at his mana and he'll count like. For one spell, and then he'll think about it, he'll look at his hand, and then he'll continue, like, from where he left off, continue counting mana, yeah. and then think about another spell, and you're just like, okay, so that's two cards he's going to play. Are you the like, person I got that from? Probably. Like, I try to order things yeah. and set things aside. Cause, and yeah, because I'll literally put a, a card tail, face but... down with, like, that specific yeah, mana on I that spot. Yeah, I definitely do that. Okay. But as long as people don't it, have but... mana open, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know? that's why I was like, do, do, yeah. do the, or the like, triple um, check. Yeah. like, okay. Game on. Yeah. Here we go. Or it's like the thing that uh, I told you about it at work, and I was like, I thought about this one time when it's whenever Sean plays Magic. He's like, eh. He's like, should I? Eh. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. All right, guys, here we go. <laughs> but other than that, I think that's about it, or the, the time they made 100 goblins and shot us off. All right, guys. So as always, if you're hanging out, drinking with us, make sure that you're responsible. No underage drinking. Don't be drinking and driving. Stay responsible here. We don't want you guys to have fun. We want you to be safe. Yeah, thanks for visiting. Thanks for uh, listening to us spatter on. As always, have fun, but not too much. <laughs> <laughs>